0: so we had an insane weekend of racing formula one had a missile strike on a nearby oil facility sail gp had a whale sighting and a nascar a rogue watermelon farmer won at coda (laughs) welcome back to motorsport 101
1: So did anyone miss any news lately? Like a certain award ceremony? Welcome, everybody, to episode 350. The big 350 of Motorsport 101. And um, <laughs> we didn't half choose quite the race to have our 350th episode on. And uh, as soon as we all found that, I'm like, oh no. Because <laughs> uh, to say this was a... Uh, <clears throat> newsworthy um, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is uh putting it mild as we all in this room stayed up until 3 a.m. Saudi Arabian time on a Friday and that barely scratches the surface of what went down over the course of this weekend but first and foremost we'll go around the around the horn first and foremost first up Cam good to see you buddy welcome back
2: I'm happy to be here um You know, I just, uh, I just think you should keep that Formula One team's name out your fucking mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that was the most that was the that was the freakiest thing in the world. It's like I didn't even know the Oscars were on that night, so I went to bed, woke up at about seven o'clock in the morning. They were recording this on 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 the Monday. Seeing his name trending, like, well, why is Will Smith? Did he win Best Actor? I know he was nominated for it. And I'm like, Oh that's what, that's what he was nominated for. Um so so King, what made you want to get up on the stage and throw hands?
0: Oh man. Oh man. But yeah, just to clarify, Will Smith did win the Oscar for Best Best Actor for his performance as Richard Williams in King Richard. But yeah, there was an incident. Uh which I'm pretty sure we won't even Mention after this point in the show no. Where, yeah uh, After Chris Rock made a Pretty insensitive joke About Will Smith's wife Will got up on stage And slapped him across the face On <laughs> international television
2: <laughs> I, I have no dog in this fight I'm just here for the meme templates
1: Oh yeah, like, like The meme of the year Like we, we th- If there is anything that tops this Uh, It's rare for me to call an award like this at the end of March, but if anything tops this, I'll be shocked because the the meme format here was uh, chef's kiss. It's, it's, it's a work of art. It really is. Um, And
0: while I'm here, yes, I'm here this week. Uh, Mm. I just wanted to mention in the intro. Yes. Uh, the season finale for sale GP. Mm. The initial grand final race had to be abandoned due to a whale <laughs> sighting on course.
1: It's like if, it's if only you only like fo- the
0: fourth <laughs> most wild thing to happen this weekend
1: in the I world know. of racing. <laughs> like although you could argue given it was literally wild, you could argue it was first. But but even so, yes. yeah. Like if you've been following King on Twitter at Ryan Eric King and he's been live tweeting a lot of these LGP events, everything about this sport is crazy. <laughs> <And> <laughs> i got into it this year and it was actually very enjoyable all the live streams are on youtube i actually highly recommend watching should gp if you've got a few spare hours because picking up what had happened from a whale sighting to ben ainsley deliberately fucking up new zealand um there's a lot of uh crazy moments in it that was uh fun to say the least but yes we literally had a whale sighting in a boat race you love yeah, to so, see it.
0: So if you're looking for uh, wild racing live <laughs> on YouTube and you're missing out on the fact that Formula E is basically basically dead on YouTube, you could just go watch Sale GP.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd argue more entertaining on, on what? a. What, are you going to pound see basis. some
0: whales interrupting an FE race?
2: Come on.
1: No, <laughs> no, no, no. Although that would make for some great content, but uh, afraid not. That and yes, Ross Chastain in the intro Winning a NASCAR, shout out to him And Duncan Award Amendment for his car
2: (laughs) Zombie Dale Earnhardt Incorporated Yes! (laughs) Gets their first win Ty Norris got his revenge Rest (laughs) in piss, Teresa You won't be missed
0: It I, was should, a... I should just point out for the entire audience that uh, Teresa Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt's widow, is still alive,
1: <laughs> and the world is a
2: worse place for it.
1: <laughs> oh no, she's gonna come on the stage and slap you in a minute, Cam. Um... <laughs>
2: no, it would be in, it would be uh, shipped to us in triplicate.
1: Oh, of oh. course. But it was it was a beautiful double takeout for the win at Kota. It was oh beautifully done. It was uh,
2: say uh, Alex Bowman out here catching strays.
1: What? <laughs> Alex, Alex Bowman didn't ask for that. But uh, <laughs> no, to, to sadly lower the tone, uh, we are talking about Saudi Arabia in this episode. And look, to be fair, this was a really good race. Like like damn like good how, race. It was. It was as good as Bahrain, I would argue. I think we, we are, I think F1 2022 is two for two for good races so far this season. So, like, we're off to a really good start here. It's just everything else that came with Saudi Arabia that was kind of the problem here. We'll get into some of that later on the show. We'll talk about the fantastic Verstappen Leclerc fight for the win. Again, the rematch already, which is uh, fun. And uh, we'll talk about, well, why all the drivers were in the, were in a uh, meeting at 3 a.m. Saudi Arabian time. We'll also talk about how the fact we may have actually given Mercedes too much credit in our first race in Bahrain. I know. Oh, crazy. Crazy, right? Good Lord. And we'll be talking a little bit about the unfortunate monster wreck that Mick Schumacher had to go through in Saturday qualifying as well because, uh, boy, thankfully he was absolutely fine, but that was a scary one to say the least. All of that and much more in the next 45 minutes or so. But basically, you can find us real quick. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. one like to the show on there. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And if you'd like to follow our personal handles, you can. Harrison101HD at Ryan Eric King at CBuckley917. And our RJ Sadley isn't here this week. He'll be back next week. He's at RJ O'Connell. Follow him and tell him we said hi. Might cheer him up a bit. Um, We are also on our Instagram page, Motorsport 101 pod, for all our updates on all our content. And you can find all of that on our website, motorsport101.com, including some of my written thoughts on the weekend in general, as well as all the races we normally cover on here, and some bonus content as well, as well as our Patreon page as well, if you're really lucky to get back us financially on there. So... Gentlemen, let's get into the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Well, 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 gentlemen. Did, did you like that middle of the, of, of the Bahrain scrap we had a couple of weeks ago? Or last week, I should say, because uh, if you did, we, we had an extra helping for you here. Round two of the Verstappen-Villeclerc rivalry went to max, took his revenge as he weathered the storm of tyre management, a fun game of what I like to call DRS chess and a late double-waved yellow, thankfully no punishments there, to beat Charles by just half a second going over the line. Well, General, what did you make of that fight for the win and the bounce between Red Bull and Ferrari? Because uh, it looks like Bahrain was no fluke.
2: Oh, I mean, this is what we all love to see, right? Oh, two yeah. fairly evenly matched cars, two drivers at the top of their game, proceeded to bash each other with uh, increasingly large steel chairs. <laughs> um both of them were fantastic they were getting crafty they were fast they were a little bit over the line with one another um a particular moment i liked in their fight was uh the no after you lock up on the run to the drs line because <laughs> <laughs> um the drs was so powerful they really need to shorten the zones because these cars really can follow each other mm. um It was so powerful that uh, Leclerc was doing his trick from Bahrain where he would let Max get DRS on him, pass him, and then deliberately get up behind Max with DRS on the next straight and pass him back. Um, Eventually, Max got smart to that, and both of them locked their brakes trying trying to stay behind one another for the DRS down the main straight.
1: I was having nightmare fuel thinking we're gonna get another time, another one from the last time we were in Saudi Arabia. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like
0: it—it <laughs> it was a fun scrap. You—you you, like part of me knows Max is getting pushed when. They show, start playing radio broadcasts about you know the usual stuff. Him uh, complaining about things he was engineer, mm. or uh, but it really got interesting when he started starting started to report. Things about Leclerc's driving to his engineers to say, like, hey, FIA, look at this. The lights <laughs> on the back of his car are out. He drove over the pit entry line. <laughs> come on, guy.
1: We, we, we have come to one unfortunate conclusion, and this is something that I think all the Lewis Hamilton listeners are going to love. Max Verstappen is a snitch. Um, <laughs> yes, all, Max
2: all Verst- Formula One drivers are, in fact, whiny bitches. Yes. <laughs> Max Verstappen. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs>
0: cop confirmed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn, and a stickler for the rules, eh, Max? Uh, um, but uh, some, An interesting dynamic, and we saw a little bit of it at Bahrain, but kind of more clearly here, is that these two cars generate nearly the same lap times, but in completely opposite ways. Mm. Um, the Ferrari's really exceptional on mechanical traction up out of corners and through um, through some of the twisty stuff the Red Bull is a rocket in a straight line and really quick in uh, medium to high speed corners. And it, it's created kind of an interesting dynamic with these two cars fighting one another, where each driver is trying to mitigate what their car is bad at. Yeah. Um, Max Verstappen almost crashed, I think four laps in a row through sector one where the Ferrari was just better than the Red Bull. Mm. Um, there was one I think out of turn four. Max, M- Max slid the back of the car, and I'm like, "Well, that's it."
1: <laughs> and he, he, um, he and Charles
2: back. playing the DRS games, the uh, DR Chess, as we can now call it.
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, that was that was nightmare fuel. That was oh my god! They could end up wrecking each other here, and I thought, oh god, we're gonna get another break test. Like they need to pull that detection point back through like the chicane sequence to stop that from happening if we're going to go here again, which you probably yeah. will um,
0: I probably won't go as scorched earth as some people on DRS who wouldn't completely eliminate it, but I think it should be, you know, sort of like pushed to pass in IndyCar where you get a set amount of uses for the entire race and you can, you know, not have to use it within one second of any other drive. Where you just, you just get a set amount for the race.
1: Yeah, maybe like mm. like like A1 GP did back in the day. Like it was like you got eight for the entire feature race, and that was it. Like maybe ten for a Formula One race, and go. Okay, you don't need, you know, you don't necessarily need to be within a second. But hey, you get ten goes for the entire race. You decide when to use them, etc. That, that's actually a pretty, a pretty sound idea. I, 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 Guys, we I,
2: fixed Formula 1.
1: Th- yay! Let's go home,
2: everybody. Let's go home. Um, Come on. Ross, <laughs> mail me my check. <laughs> get King yeah, on now, the pour board. one out. Pour one out for Sergio Perez, who, I can't believe I'm saying this, stuck it on pole.
1: First time in 216 attempts, the longest any driver has ever had to wait for their first career pole position, um,
2: and led away, had a great start, and then it got all thrown away from the terrible, no good, and very bad weekend of Nicholas Latifi reaching its nadir as he rode off the second, rode off the second car in um, two days.
1: One, yeah, second car in about no, thirty no, no, no. six hours.
0: So. Nicholas Latifi was simply the second blow of a double tap where they got played <laughs> on strategy by Ooh, Ferrari.
1: It was beautiful. Ugh. Ferrari was Ferrari was like, okay, we're going to suddenly box Leclerc. They were, they never gave Leclerc an instruction to pit, and then Red Bull completely bought it and boxed Perez at the 11th hour. He completely took the bait for it. And oh. he, he ended up
0: coming out in fifth place behind George Russell.
2: Counterpoint: That implies that Russell would have been able to hold him back for more than four corners. More on them later.
1: Oh dear! But uh, like poor Checo, he had he had done everything right. He was leading that race comfortably, and then Red Bull bit on the Ferrari fake pit stop. Oh, Ferrari really are back. It's like they're getting strategic calls right. Um, everybody look out. Um, th- th- This team is a problem. No, look, this was, for me, this was a fantastic fight. This was everything you could want in a Formula One fight. This is what we all came, th- came here for, right? We've got yeah. two different manufacturers. You've got two cars that are pretty much on even footing on a track where they were pretty much pound for pound equal. Red Bull probably having the extra straight line speed. They're about three to five mile an hour faster in a straight line is probably what just gave them the edge. Leclerc did make a couple of minor errors at the final corner, but it 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 opened the door for Max um, towards the end of that race. Before that, Leclerc was playing Max like a fiddle, and I'm just like Max again, like seriously, (laughs) like it was.
2: I say after the first time Max, after the first time with the dr the dr chess, uh, Mm. Max learned, Um, but it was it was just astounding to see because it was a question of how close could Max get. How close could he stay through the first sector and Mm. then run Leclerc back down for the rest of the lap um, because of how much lap time the different cards were making in different places? And as I said, Max just about crashed a couple laps in a row, just Uh doing everything to hang on to Leclerc.
1: And Leclerc lost the rear a couple of times coming out of the final corner, trying to jam the throttle on as early as he dares. Um, You could see these two guys are at their absolute limit. I mean, like I said, it's a nice reminder that no Charles Leclerc really is built for the main event. I mean, it's it's been a couple of years since he's had a car good enough to win races, but... Leclerc's racing intelligence is superb. Like he, these he's, two,
2: we had a safety car uh, mid race, mm. and these two just chased each other away from a uh, Carlos Sainz who was closer this weekend to Charles, but simply left in his wake during that you, sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah, like it's this is a fantastic. I mean, you can tell how much respect these two have of each other, but I mean Leclerc. Immediately after the race was over, was like, well done to Max. He, he, he drove better than us. Um, you know we need a bit more straight line speed, but those two. Uh, um, I love what he said. Uh, r- every
2: mm. race should be like this.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like this is what it's all about, and. You know, I, 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 like I said in our, in our set list over here, I can't wait to see how these two end up hating each other by Catalonia. It's going to be great yeah. seeing, how, seeing the admins cover their trails on this one because this is going to go south eventually. They're too good. They're too close. Something will give. But though, this was...
0: Go on, King. Though it didn't seem like we were going to have a race this weekend at one point.
1: Oh, God. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's shabby. a good segue. It is. It's a great segue. Now... The weekend was overshadowed by a, a, a suicide drone. A suicide drone hit an Aramco oil refinery a few miles away from the circuit. This was on Friday afternoon, um, but just before FP1 or during FP1, I believe. Um, FP2 was delayed 15 minutes while the team principals gathered in a room to basically what was to say what was going on. They raced on for FP2 that night we got a a four-and-a-half-hour-long meeting, I mean, I hope somebody ordered pizza, Um, between Ross Braun, Stefano Domenicali, the race promoters, the team principals, and all the drivers. There was, like, that classic NBA-style drivers-only meeting for a good hour and a half. Um, So,
0: like, basically, to sort of quickly mm. go through the progression of what happened, Mm. uh, basically, Stefano Domenicali, F1's president, and Ross Braun, F1's managing director, had this driver's meeting to explain what was happening, then left and announced that the weekend was going on mm. as planned. But the drivers had never left the meeting. They still talked among themselves. Yeah, and we still slowly, have... And slowly, they went back in, and then this meeting still wasn't ending and then suddenly team team principals who had already left the track some of them started coming back to go into this meeting and the meeting was just not ending and no one was really saying what was going on people were just speculating we're just Mm. sitting here waiting and every the one thing that was clear was that this was clearly about whether the race weekend was still going to happen
1: Right, right, and we finally found out it was three a.m. Saudi Arabian time, uh, midnight UK time. If you're if you're from my side of the world, um, when we finally got the official announcement that yes, the weekend was going to continue as planned. We got a few leaks beforehand because Christian Horner and Zach Brown and a couple of others had spoken to some of the media press guys beforehand, saying, "Yeah, we're racing," uh, you know. While while George Russell, obviously, who's the only GPDA driver rep who was at the track, um, Sebastian Vettel still suffering from COVID, get more well soon, buddy. Um, basically, uh, so he had to deliver the announcement to Race Control. So yeah, the rest of the weekend went off without a hitch um, in in terms of uh, anything else that was planned or anything or any other fears or whatnot. But uh, through Friday night, we weren't sure whether this weekend was even going to continue or not. <laughs> but Gentlemen, we were here on our very own Discord server watching it as it was going down. Like, what did you all make of Friday night's meetings and of the discourse around whether this weekend should have been stopped at all? I mean, where do oh, we even Lord. start on this one? I mean, King, you're probably better off taking the reins to start off with on this one.
0: <laughs> well, I think some background is necessary. Yes. Uh, because for you listeners who might not know, uh, Saudi Arabia has been engaged in a war with a rebel faction within Yemen for the past seven years. The race weekend was actually the seventh anniversary of the start of that war. <sighs> and basically, this conflict originally started up as Yemen a civil war within Yemen, and then Saudi Arabia and a number of other neighboring countries, including the UAE and Bahrain and Qatar, Uh, Actually, I don't think Qatar is involved, but I know it. Well, actually, yeah, Qatar is involved in the war as well Mm. Uh, with the support of uh, both the United States and Al Qaeda. Both decide like Saudi Arabia decide to lead a coalition into Yemen to intervene in the civil war and Mm. uh, essentially eliminate this large rebel faction. Since that war began, you know, this rebel faction being uh, rebels and being essentially lightly armed and not really having an air force over their own or anything, have been using uh, what they can to fight back against Saudi Arabia, including uh, missile strikes, which is what's believed to uh, have, you know, hit the refinery, and uh, drone attacks, where at first it was uh, like DGI drones that any – you know, person could just buy off a shelf and they mm. just fly it into mainly oil infrastructure. Like infrastructure now they use uh now they use drones supplied by Iran, which those drones again are not armed. They're just mainly they fly into uh they're either packed with small explosives or completely unarmed and are flyed into uh, mainly oil infrastructure because again, these are not large weapons they can't do much damage on their own Mm. and for the last seven years that's what they've been doing mainly attacking oil facilities where and for the most part casualties have been minimal at best uh for through all the research i've done uh the only deaths through an attack like this was earlier this year where they attacked uh in oil like an an oil storage facility near an airport in Abu Dhabi, and three of the oil workers were killed. Mm. Besides that, casualties are minimal. And that's what kind of the information that Saudi Arabia brought to the drivers when they had this meeting, because they were also talking to Saudi government ministers over the phone. And basically, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, Emirati president of the FIA, Mohammed bin Salman said were, the Houthi rebels are not aiming to attack the track. They're mainly aiming at, you know, oil infrastructure. Mm. Uh, but again, that's, uh, you know, established trends after seven years, but you know, it, it's a war. Anything's unpredictable. Anything could happen.
1: Sure. Yeah. So with all that in mind, we reckon that's what they told the drivers in that meeting. And, and, the impression that we, when we were talking about in our Discord King, the impression that we got was it's like they told the drivers and the drivers were just cool with it. And, you know, they, that was enough. Because what Toto Wolf implied with the media was that the drivers were pretty unanimous in not wanting to race until they were told this information. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's. And of course, us on the internet probably just took that ball and ran with it. Like, and I know a lot of people made comparisons to the WWE being held in the country after they had a falling out with, with, with Saudi Arabia of their own a couple of years ago um, regarding their crown jewel events. And we were like, Oh, well the drivers are being held against their will. Well, well not no. really. No. Um, no. And there was a lot of misinformation doing the rounds. It was very tricky to navigate. And look, annoying, what makes this doubly annoying is that one, there was a huge amount of internet backlash. um, Brackets, on a side note, please stop being pricks to people that are being very wise of the information they're giving you. Thanks. Um, And second point of it took 10 minutes of basic Googling to get up to speed on that situation. Um, And I think we found out Saturday morning that the Houthis, as well actually call the ceasefire for the weekend. So... Like there was no chance of a missile strike um, or or of another missile strike happening over the course of that weekend. Um, So look, I get it in that sense. Like if you're not educated on this situation, which a lot of people are not because a lot of people have chosen not to follow this crisis in Yemen. Um, You know, a lot of people have, have probably been focused on other global conflicts at the moment. Um, well, I can I could see how people could be scared by that, but... You know... I, I could see
0: how people could be scared by that. Though, like I said, the Houthi rebels have been doing attacks like this since the war began seven years
1: ago. Well before F1 signed the contract to right. race
0: here in Saudi
1: Arabia. Which Which leads me to the point that I made on the website when I was talking about this race weekend in general... I suspect a lot of this was more I think people had already made their minds up long before this this missile strike had even gone down about whether or not we should race in Saudi Arabia which look that's completely understandable. If you draw your moral compass line at Saudi Arabia then that's your rights I can't I can't blame you for that um, however <laughs> I have to stress this this is how the sausage is made. And, yep. like, it's it, this has been going on since long before F1 agreed to come here. Oh, and by the way, they signed a 15-year deal, so this track is going nowhere, whether we like it or not. Um, unfortunately. Um, and like I said, if, if you've made a conscious effort to say, you know what, I draw the line at Saudi Arabia, then that's entirely fair enough. But, this is what the sport is they're not the first sport to chase the money and 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 you know be somewhat complicit in yes Saudi Arabia's blatant sports washing I'm not disputing or denying that for any for you uh, uh, know for at all in any of in any of this but you know this this is what it is and at you as a consumer are going to have to make your mind up as to whether you're okay with enough of this to watch it because I suspect it's not a deal breaker for a lot of people that still sat down and watched what was ultimately a pretty good race. Yeah, is that fair and to like
0: say? Yeah. yeah, that's fair to say and like generally at the end of the day you watching or not is most likely not going to stop F1 from going to Saudi Arabia cuz they get paid to show up. They don't like they don't get paid specifically for people to watch this race. They no. get
1: paid simply to race. Yeah, and I, I've, it's, it's very easy to sit there and say I don't like Saudi Arabia's human rights record, and I'm not going to watch this race. And look, again, that's your right. And again, I like, don't blame you if that's what you want to do. But this is the way sports been going for the last decade. A lot of people have taken. That Saudi paycheck and kept it moving, you know, like like WWE, boxing, tennis, golf, trying to put on their own super league in in the, in the last year or so, you know, football. I mean, hell, they own Newcastle United and they were trying to buy Chelsea until last week, you know. So it's it's, it's kind of unavoidable at this point, and it goes back to that old that old phrase about sports and politics being intertwined, you yeah. know. It like it, it boils down to,
0: you know. At the core of the issue is, why does Saudi Arabia have all this wealth to spend on events coming to their country? And it's largely down to the world's reliance on crude oil for pretty much our way of life.
1: Yeah, that that sponsor you see plastered all over Formula One weekends is not a coincidence um like you know it's it is what it is the world still is you
0: know like it doesn't like again i think a lot of people forget that like you don't have to uh like petroleum products are essentially everywhere you don't have to drive a car to use petroleum products if if you use anything that has plastic in it oils used to make plastic a lot of beauty products are made with plastic just Petroleum products are essentially everywhere.
1: Yeah. They run the world. They run the world. There's no getting around it. There's very little you can do to avoid it entirely. Um, and yeah, like, I don't like being the cynical one here because, like, I am all for people that are speaking out against human rights and, you know, how it affects their sport. By all means, do that. And I am the first person to point out that there is absolutely a tinge of hypocrisy about how we deal with this compared to for example ukraine in the last month or so and other global conflicts there is absolutely a tinge of hypocrisy that comes with that um but at the same time like this is this this is f1 like like yeah. this uh, if, if you're is, looking at
2: if you're looking at it's this capitalism sport, on wheels yeah
1: like, yeah if you're if, if you're looking at this sport for a moral high ground you're looking in the wrong place like i'm sorry like I, and i and i am at peace with that and I know a lot of people deep down are at peace with that. And a lot of people deep down know this is how the sausage is made. But, you know, it's it, it's it's socially acceptable to speak out against Saudi Arabia now. And it has been for a good few years now. And when you put that arm in arm with a Grand Prix, a track that people don't particularly like for understandable reasons, which we'll get to in a minute, um, combine that with, you know, the way global politics are at the moment, which again, a lot of people don't like it's this, this, this track and this place is going to draw a lot of shit. And of course, when, when a missile strike hits, you know, a few miles out from the track, people are going to get spooked. It's understandable, but you know, the best advice I could say is, is, you know, keep a cool head, you know, look for the right sources, you know, and just gather a bit of nuance on the situation because, annoyingly as I don't like giving these people credit, but the team principals were right when they spoke about how this is probably the safest place in Saudi Arabia right now. Yeah. It probably was unfortunately. And you know, I know that's, I know a lot of people are not going to like that, but again, this is what it is, unfortunately. And yeah. um, Like I said, I think a lot of people, had already made their minds up about Saudi Arabia and were looking for a reason not to watch or to say, let's just get the hell up out of here. Um, Unfortunately, this was not a good enough reason. And I know that's awful to say or cynical to say in some cases, but I'd rather deal with reality than, you know, trying to draw up narratives about whether or not we should race there or not. Because, if you think Saudi Arabia is the only person in this ball club of morally questionable Grand Prix, then
0: uh... <clears throat> well, you look at the list of belligerents in the Yemeni civil war,
1: and you'll see a lot of places that we race: Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, which has been a title decider now for over a decade. You know, there was open letters written about Bahrain and, and last week, and uh, everybody kind of ignored that one, funnily enough. Um, yeah. And they own a, a team. And they own a team. Yeah, you know, the the orange ones, the ones we all well, like. I hope to now. call
2: them a Formula One team right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's again, like, I hope I hope you guys keep that same energy. That's all that's all I'm saying. Because uh, yeah, like if you think this is the only one, it's the most obvious one, but it's not the only one. Speaking of another reason why we might not want to race in Saudi Arabia, but probably are still gonna end up sticking around. We were watching qualifying here on, on this server, and uh, oh boy, there was a, uh, a bone-chilling crash we had during Q2. With Mick Schumacher in the house, it was a 170 miles an hour, 32G wreck. Um, Mick losing it on the in the inside of a curb in Sector 2, and then getting the inside, in the outside wall, then swinging back against the inside wall, completely destroyed the rear of his car. Um... There was a, a good couple of minutes before they were able to extract him from the car because the G sensors went off. It was an over 30G impact. So um, they have to be, by default, very careful in how they were moving from the car just in case. Thankfully, he was ultimately fine. No injuries. Um, was actually back at the track uh, later that night. Um, thankfully, again, everybody feeling. But obviously, the car was so badly written off that uh, they didn't race. So there was only one has that Kevin Manderson, who you think would go on to finishing ninth. Um so gentlemen I ask you in the midst of all of that have the track improvements cuz there was track improvements going into this weekend has it made enough of a difference and if not what more needs to be done
2: um they made a difference they were yeah. an improvement um however i think the biggest improvement would simply be to um sink this track beneath the ocean and start again <laughs> <sighs> um, I mean, because mm. fundamentally, you've got a we we've got Monaco esque walls at a track where we are cracking 200 miles per hour down the main straight, and you're, 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 you're hitting 200 corners.
0: miles. Yeah, you're hitting 200 miles an hour three times on the circuit. Yeah, yeah. This is, we've got yeah. a
2: couple corners where you're carrying 170 plus, mm. um, and there's just there's no margin. If you make a mistake, you're not you are going to hit solid concrete effectively.
1: Yeah, this yeah. was like these cars were exactly roughly the same speed as they were last year. I think pole time was 7 tenths of a second slower than last year's. Um average speed on that pole lap from Sergio Perez was 156 miles an hour. I think we only get more average speed at Monza. It's the second fastest yeah, we're, track we go we're, to. We're,
2: We've basically got Silverstone
0: with Monaco walls. Yeah. (laughs) With worse than IndyCar crashes, because on on an oval in IndyCar, the track is so much wider that when you have an accident, you have not only a whole lot of distance, but you have some banking to help scrub off some speed before you hit the wall. And when you hit
1: the wall, it's a safer barrier. Yeah, uh, and certain parts of uh, jedis track doesn't have those including the part that Mick hit.
2: The, the majority of the track doesn't yeah. have safer barrier. barrier.
1: That was concrete. Yeah, like, yeah what, you,
2: you can't have walls like this and speeds like this and not have some kind of soft wall energy absorption because I mean the car fully shed two wheels. Mm. Like the tethers were destroyed.
1: Yeah, this was a huge, huge wreck. And the one that got me during the delay as they were fixing the wall, obviously removing Mick's car and obviously making sure that he was okay because he had to be wheeled away by ambulance, um, was when David Croft on Sky Sports commentary just said that he'd spoken to team principals and he'd spoken to people in the paddock and he said that, quote, a big crash here was inevitable. And I'm just like, I could have told you that for free. It's a 155 mile an hour street circuit. No shit, no. <laughs> like Crofty. Like this is going to be an inherently dangerous track to some degree. Cause like, as, as King said, there is no margin for error. If you get it wrong here, you're going to be backwards in a wall wrecked. Like, th- like it's, it's actually hard to have a low speed accident here. Like that's just how fast this place is. And oof. I, 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 we had a couple of near misses here, and in Formula 2 as well. Because Logan, Sergeant, and Jack Doon had a big one as well in, in a in a rolling start restart, and that and that was a bad one as well. Like Sergeant almost almost in a catch fence, and that and that could have been nasty as well. But this place, man, uh, it's like I think is it true that they're building a new facility that they might end up being like the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix down the road anyway? Because I did see talk yes. about that as well.
0: So. Like, I believe outside of their capital, Riyadh, they are planning on building a permanent circuit, but it is at least, um, at minimum,
1: five years away. Oof. Yeah, we're coming here for Thanks, a while, I folks. I sorry, sorry, sorry to tell you, um, but, I mean, you know what it reminds me? I know I saw it in your notes here, King, and you gave me, like, nightmare fuel from the time Peter Windsor was in the 4-2 commentary box.
2: <laughs> oh, you,
1: God. Remember that 2019 feature race at Spa where they said, if you don't want someone running a water just put a wall in it, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, this is exactly why you don't put a wall there. Yeah, like, because
2: uh, there are a- reasons why a car might need to you leave know, the track, go yeah.
1: Wide. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Like, I know there's this big male chauvinistic thing about drivers being brave and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we as, as we wave our dicks around about how hard this sport can be sometimes, but no, 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 please put proper barriers around this place. If you're going to have a 155 mile an hour street circuit, like go all the way with this, like no honestly, way.
0: Even then, even if you line this entire circuit and save for barriers, it'd still be just as dangerous. You need room to scrub off speed before you hit a wall.
1: Like, the whole place needs to be one and a half times wider. Like, ideally. Like, you need some runoff. Like, just, it shouldn't be if you're 1% out of line, you're in a wall. The thing is,
0: it doesn't even have to be just run off just some of the, some of the sections of the circuit just There's needs more track. to be made wider yeah
1: yeah more track more more you know that height that maybe that high visibility paint like Paul Ricard has it can take some speed off it if need be you know like just anything to just take some of the speed off it if you make a mistake cuz look okay if you're going to have a street like people are going to hit the walls that's inevitable but scrub some off it jesus uh it's,
0: and it's like wild as, and this track is made by this track was designed by Herman Tilke's son. And one of the complaints about his father's circuits designs is that some of the times they're stop start. There's very few stop points of this track. And one of the things that like that design helps create is the fact that not only do you have braking zones, you have also obviously to have acceleration zones and corner exit, it lowers the average speed of the circuit so if you do have an accident it isn't at 170 miles an hour
1: yeah that was that was terrifying to watch in real time very glad the mix okay and uh oh boy uh you yeah, know heart in mouth moment for there and i don't like that saudi arabia keeps producing them but uh, unfortunately again this is where we are and uh don't worry, guys. 13 more years of this still to go. Uh, you know, have fun with that. Uh,
2: this oh, man
0: can't wait for the Doha City Street Circuit in Qatar in two
1: years. Yay. More speed. Um, Pain.
0: Uh...
2: Torment. Agony, if you will.
1: Speaking of which, Mercedes. Um, and oh, they have... man. Oh, one of their star drivers, you know the one, Lewis Hamilton, had a weekend to forget. Knocked out in Q1 on pace alone by and I'm checking my notes here. Lance Stroll? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, he, he had a scrappy race as well. There was opportunities missed under a virtual safety car to box him. It looks like Lewis may or may not have ignored his team on this one. He had to limp Home in tenth place for a single point. Uh, the funny thing that King reminded me of was the fact that Hamilton didn't even know points went down that low. Um, when he crossed the Did we get a point for that. Uh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Damn. been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, fun fact: one minute and twelve seconds, Hamilton was behind Verstappen's winning car. Gentlemen, did we under actually underestimate just how far off the pace marks are? I think we might have done... Well,
2: I'm going to hit you with a number here. George Russell had about as solid a a weekend as you could possibly ask. He made Hmm. next to no mistakes, got the rub of the green with a virtual safety car, and then a full safety car and was dragged back up to the front four. He finished 32 seconds off the lead. (laughs) Good Lord. If Bahrain didn't send the alarms ringing, this weekend should have. Um, As Dre mentioned, Lewis was knocked out of Q1 after a setup Hail Mary did not pay off. Russell never once looked like he was in the fight for the podium. And I mean, the bigger issue here is that every time they try something, it makes the car worse. They try different setups. It makes the car worse. They try a new floor then they tried a new floor in Bahrain. they tried it it didn't work. Lewis was driving around with half a rear wing they literally cut the top of the rear wing on this week this weekend's Mercedes mm. to try and cut some drag off the car and he was having to every... work to pass <sighs> midfield cars
1: yeah like he, one of the most, uh, like one of the big eyeball fights of the weekend was him and Kevin Magnussen. Magnuson passed Hamilton back in a ass. In a house, this is a cry for help. You know,
2: we, all we could hear about from all we could hear about on Twitter last year was the Mercedes revenge tour. Little did we know it was a revenge tour on Haas for what happened to Coda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think what should be oh, a real no. shot across the bow, specifically for the boys in Brixworth, is that the Mercedes-powered McLaren of Lando Norris on the final lap of the race had DRS, a better exit out of the corner, and the toe and could not pass Esteban Ocon's Alpine. just couldn't yeah. do it.
1: Dra- drag race and and to a McLaren the line. that o- o- Ocon- might be making
2: a sum total of about five pounds of downforce.
1: Yeah, like, Ocon actually won that drag race to the line this time, unlike the last time we were in Saudi Arabia when he had a podium knocked out from underneath him. Um, yeah, jeez. Like, this is bad. Like...
2: I mean, I've, I've got the number here. that the, their, their deficit from... Bahrain was about a little over 7%, about 7.5% off of the lead pace. It was over a percent in Jeddah.
1: And there's a and then and, and yeah, like Yeesh. If, if they don't get this fixed by like Monaco, this season's over for them. They need to turn this around now. Like, because they've, they've already coughed up a good chunk of points to Ferrari, who have been Nearly flawless so far this season as it is. And uh, yeah, you know, Red Bull took a good chunk out of Yeah, you need to look at it lead. like this, stray. It's yeah. like
2: it's it's like, you know, we saw this year Red Bull's already start they've already started the development where they've already had some new parts on the back of the RB18 this weekend. Mm. Like, and Mercedes is still chasing their tail now. It is as far as we know, they're bringing some pretty major changes to Emela to try and correct this. Mm. But if those don't work, they're in for a long season
1: <laughs> i I hinted they might go winless last week, and uh, I'm still not
2: going that far. I'm still I, yeah. give me a few more races before I make that call. but it's, it's the fact that it's it's not even that it's that the issues seem to be getting worse and yeah. the teams ahead of them, Ferrari with understanding the cars, they haven't really brought anything new since the second test. Mm. And Red Bull who have already begun tweaking little bits and pieces. They're already chasing performance. They've already got a relatively good handle on their car. Yeah. Mercedes is still where they probably should have been in test 1.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like this is the equivalent of starting a marathon with uh, you know, half an hour back. Like you could catch the people who started a half hour ahead of you, but it's going to be a long chase. Like,
2: and with I, the I, concerns I, with the Mercedes power unit, I mean, even if Mercedes does fix the porpoising, I mean, the car was bouncing in the middle of corners, mm. which is just a hot yikes at 170 miles per hour. Uh, even if they fix those issues, I'm not totally convinced that they're just going to up and run the field over. And if it takes that long to fix the car, they're going to need to completely steamroll the field in the second half of this year to recoup all the points that they are going to hemorrhage to Ferrari and Red Bull. Right. I mean, Red Bull left last weekend with a goose egg in the points table. They're now one point back of Mercedes who have had all of their cars in the points so far.
1: Yeah, and one you could argue that was under par for them given Bahrain what, you know, they had a third and a four, which they probably weren't meant to get on paper. So Merckx has probably got a slightly inflated point count at this point as to where they should be. And yeah, Melbourne's only a point behind them after one weekend of actual finishing. It's, this is a cry for help. If they haven't got this fixed by Monaco, it might be season over for them. Like no world championship at all to speak. Yeah. They're going to
2: have to rack up one twos constantly to try and erase the points deficit and, when the cars finish, which is a, a, a big ask for um not Honda Red Bull powertrains right now. Sorry, Yuki. Mm. No, um, well Max and Charles just aren't gonna drop points like that. You're gonna need to do it out on track and beat them.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's a long way back from here for Mercs. It's 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 looking like they're already staring down the barrel of potentially no championships whatsoever i mean jason in our chats has put it quite quite succinctly still lewis (laughs) has 16 points worst start ever (laughs) who would have thought it but um oh it it is not great i mean i mean Mm. in
2: race trim they're gonna have to find a second
1: yeah that's a huge deficit huge like they would need to be where they're at relative to the field last year. And even then, that might not be enough And yep. to, to, to reel them in. And that, they'd have to be finding that like in the next two rounds. And that's going to be really, really hard for them going forward. But, uh, hey, good luck, Lewis. Uh, if, you, if anyone you, can, it's them. Yeah, you can. They, if anyone can, they can. It's the only reason I'm not completely written off their season yet. Uh, good luck, fellas. Um, you may need it at this race because, boy, this this was rough. Before we get out of here, fellas, just general thoughts. I mean, it's a shame we had so much drama going into it, but on paper, on in a vacuum, this was a really good race. Like,
0: yeah,
2: it was genuinely very entertaining. Lots of action throughout the field. And mm. uh, if I mentioned Lando Norris. Those might be the most valuable points of his career because, damn, McLaren...
1: <laughs> Him, <laughs> um, the Alpines, K-Mag, a lot of a lot of fun to be had there through the field on that one. Formula One will be back in a couple of weeks' time for the Australian Grand Prix. It's like I've gone back to two thousand and six talking about Australia being round three. It's kind of a weird vibe, but here we are. Yeah, the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, that'll be on eight. A- 10th i believe on that one so yeah we'll be that we'll be back in a couple of weeks for that one we'll be back as well for the for the m101 podcast uh next time around with MotoGP gp in argentina a round that is never ever dull ever it's the first time no. we've raced in argentina for three years because of pandemic and the paddock fire i know it's a strange one but bear with me on this one yeah we'll be back in argentina for MotoGP, and yeah, it is going to be chaos. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about that one. I've missed Argentina. So uh, yeah, good to see that back on the calendar, and it will be fun. We'll talk about that next week. But until then, thank you very much for our 350th episode. We're on youtube.com, forward to ask Motorsport 101, Facebook, same URL, Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, our handles one more time, at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at buckley 917 at RJ O'Connell, for cam um uh, instagram motorsport 101 pod um and yep i'm our, not at our,
2: rj o'connell
1: Yeah, i know i know. I, th- I mentioned him i promise and uh yeah like we also got a website of course we can get some more thoughts from me on the weekend in general in saudi arabia and all the stuff we always cover at motorsport101.com check the blog section for that podcast for our podcasts where all our podcasts are available and of course our patreon page patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 we'll be back for MotoGP gp in Argentina next week but until then I'm Andre Harrison, and don't forget to keep your wife's name out your fucking mouth. Cyanara, bye.
2: <laughs> it was just a W13 joke, man. <laughs>